Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Okay, so welcome back to another episode of the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave. Uh, today, we've got a very special guest. This is Mr. Jack Barton. Say hello, Jack. Hello, everyone. Jack is a CrossFit coach. Um, he also works in construction, I think is your official, official is job right. title. Yep. And Jack has, how long is your surgery now? Uh, it was a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago, Jack had a microdisectomy for, a, for, for sciatica. Um, so here just to talk to him about how it's been since, about the surgery, about what he was like before um, and kind of how he's doing now, how he's doing with exercising, how it's affected work and everything. So Jack, tell us a little bit about how your back pain first started. So what was the first symptoms you noticed? Yes. So um, I actually struggled about 10 years ago, first of all, with my back. I used to play a lot of tennis, sort of five, six times a week. And I ended up having you know, pretty severe back pain that was pretty de- uh, debilitating. Um, ended up having an MRI, which showed I had a minor uh, disc bulge. Um, didn't really do much more about it other than a bit of physio, rehab, and it eventually got better. Um, and then two years ago, I went on my honeymoon, didn't do anything for a few weeks, um, normally very active. Came back, got in the gym, thought I'd be clever and didn't warm up and ended up... Uh, having a fairly major injury, which left me <clears throat> in quite a lot of pain. Um, initially tried to manage it, saw yourself, Rob, um, mm. and then had an MRI, which showed I had a fairly major bulge on uh, the L5-S1 joint. Am I yeah. right in saying that? That's where it is. Yeah. Um, and so from that point, uh, tried to manage it with physio. I did about eight months of physio where it didn't get a lot better. Um, and then... After consulting with yourself and my surgeon, sort of opted for the microdisectomy route. Yeah, good. So and so the although it was the pain you had ten years ago, very similar to the pain which came back but worse, or was it a new pain, new place? Yeah, so it was very similar. So I knew that um, I I'd done something pretty bad, and this was worse this time. Yeah. Um, that as I said, the pain last time was sort of caused over a period of time that I just sort of eventually got. How, you know to the stage where I'd had enough of it whereas this was very immediate yeah um but it was similar yeah so it's a similar type of pain <clears> correct yeah. where where was the pain was it mainly back mainly leg what was so the worst back down into my right glute and then every so often I'd get that horrible pain shooting down the leg all and the way down the leg my job involves a lot of commuting so sitting in the car is possibly the worst position for it and then yeah um, yeah, that would leave me in agony by the time I get to work. Any numbness, pins and needles? Occasionally, I head? didn't. I didn't struggle with huge amounts of numbness, but you'd, in the car for so long, I would yeah. get sort of tingly feet. Yeah. But it wasn't a major, major concern. So driving was always the worst, the worst thing for you to do. Yeah, most of the time, or or even sitting for a long time um, at my desk, that would get pretty bad. Luckily, I'm in a position where I can get up and move around sort of whenever I want. Oh, good. No, that's ideal. So then how long before the 
uh, <clears throat> before it started, bef- uh, when the back pain started, before you ended up actually going under the knife? What was the time frame? Oh, uh, about mm, yeah, about nine months. And so that's in that nine months you had the intensive physio and feeling yep. bits and never, never quite, never didn't quite get to the bottom of it. Anyway. No, exactly. No, that's. I'm, I always got get getting to a stage where I could manage it, but I wasn't comfortable that yeah. it was it was going to go go away forever so was there anything that helped even temporarily so did you find that whether it's an exercise or a stretch or a treatment that so just pr- predominantly we're doing off? a lot of core um core exercises trying to strengthen my core to take yeah. take the load um which did help um i wasn't doing them enough probably but yeah. it, equally it felt like i was you know for all the stretches i was doing it would only take a couple of days of not doing anything for me then to sort of be in the exact same position yeah exactly no no, totally understand do you think there's anything looking back now that you do differently in terms of my rehab yeah in in that eight months so if you said you're gonna you're definitely gonna have surgery in nine months was there anything that you would change Uh, I could have probably just you know been stricter on myself made sure I committed 30-40 minutes every day to stretching to strengthening that area Um, and I'm sure that probably would have would have helped but um Hindsight's I, I, wonderful. Yeah, thing. hindsight's you wonderful. Never thing, exactly. So, so you're also a CrossFit coach. <clears throat> yeah. So for those who don't know, CrossFit is a is a type of gym work. I don't know if you want to explain. Yeah, CrossFit so a bit it's, more. Uh, sort of functional f- fitness based training. F- uh, sort of cover Olympic lifting, Olympic weightlifting, gymnastics, uh, metabolic conditioning, and then yeah. uh, it's kind of all combined into one. So um, the principles are: is a, is a, there's a lot of lifting weights, a lot of Olympic type lifting, which is deadlifts and squats and overhead press and clean and jerks and yeah, exactly. Lo- lo- lots of well, lots of weighted movement. So even as a coach, even when you could step back, did you find that still had a big impact on what you could do, as in, in terms of demonstrating exercises? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, coach, coaching other people. Obviously, when we're demonstrating, you don't tend to do anything too heavy anyway. Um, but the the movements that I could and couldn't do were obviously affected. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it did have an, it did have a bit of an effect on that, which but, which wasn't ideal. Yeah, no, I can I can I can totally understand lifting weights with a sciatica and or raging sciatica. I can't imagine is is the most comfortable thing. No. So then, how did you get to see the surgeon? Did you go through the NHS route? Did, did GP refer you? Did you? So find somebody I, wanted? I was fortunate enough to have healthcare through um, my job, um, and so I went down that route, contacted them. They actually did try to um direct me down a route of seeing it was it was through Booper through seeing one of their um sort of advised specialists which was I don't know 60 miles from where I live yeah whereas I knew there was a specialist in Cheltenham which is close to where I live managed to um see him through the Booper care um and he's a spine specialist so yeah that, that's yeah that, so did you see him when you had already decided he wanted surgery or did you see him before to get no. the options? So I, I initially saw him uh, probably, I had the accident and the injury and then I had a couple of weeks sort of where I wasn't too sure what had happened, saw you a couple of times and then um, had a, consult- a consultation with him yeah, about three weeks after the injury. Yeah. And that, as I said, that was a good eight months before I decided on surgery. Yeah, because they did... Did you have some... You had another... Did you have some injections I did, actually, first? yeah. Yeah, I had two... Um, two in, rounds. Two rounds of injections. One about... So that was actually the first option when I okay. saw him. Yeah. He had suggested that we could try that before, obviously, surgery, along with physio. Um, then I had another round of that about three months later. Okay. Um, but I, I didn't really find that they did anything at all. What were they like 
to have were they really really uncomfortable really uncomfortable to have yeah not a nice not a nice yeah. uh, sort of yeah situation to be in the surgery was much nicer, was much nicer. Did, yeah. did they have any relief at all so woke up from injection day one day two the problem is I pretty much was straight back well I, I didn't have time off work during that time so it was like I had that injection and then I was straight in the yeah. car for three and, and a half hours a day and yeah. I think that because you drove Pain. from what, Sarancester to Henley Sarancester every day? to Henley, yeah. So And back? Yeah, exactly. So three and a half hours in the yeah. day in the car. It's not, a lot not, of time. Not fun. A lot of time sat down. So then after the injections, you kind of thought, no, I've had enough of this. And what- saw the specialist again, and he explained all the options. Um, one being the microdistectomy, which yep. is what I eventually had. Um, and we just decided that, you know, it had been eight months, physio had gone so far. Yeah. Um, the injections didn't seem to work, so he, yeah, he he said what, it was a potential and he option. Went, oh, the microdiscectomy was the the number one option, if you will. Yeah, I think there was a. I, to be honest, I'm not fair enough with yeah. what the other options are, but that was he gave you a few different choices yeah, anyway. To yeah, to exactly. Forward. Then, how soon after you said yes, did they actually go through with it? Uh, oh, it was pretty quick. Obviously, I was lucky that it was private, so. It was a matter of weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. That's really... And then, so you actually went from seeing him, yes, surgery, to having a date in the diary within... Yeah, it, with, well, I think the date in the diary is probably on... Within a matter of weeks. Yeah. So when, when you were thinking about that in your head in terms of giving you these options, you had to have 12 weeks off work, give or take, to kind of recover afterwards. Yeah, so it was six weeks after. Six weeks six off weeks work. Six weeks is what I had, had off work, yeah. So then what was the conversation you kind of had with yourself as to pros and cons of surgery because obviously you'd done lots of physio was yeah. it that you'd run out of options or what did you what was your internal conversation like with yourself yeah so it was definitely um sort of a challenging thing to accept uh you know i'm someone that's very active i don't like sitting still that alone was um you know quite hard to um come to terms with but then you know i'm only 20 well i was 27 at the time yeah. um taking a few months away from sort of really hard yeah. physical training to, you know, elongate my yeah. career. Not that I'd call it a career, but yeah, you know what I mean? Um, it was worth it and, yeah. you know, eventually oh. came to terms with that. So Definitely, yeah. So then talk us through the, the surgery. So from your perspective <clears throat> of waking up, going to hospital, what was it like? Yeah, so um, I went into the hospital um they sat me in a room, sat there for an hour or two on my own, which was probably a bit scary. Just yeah. thinking I'd never had, I've never been under general anaesthetic yeah. ever. So um, that was the, probably the thing that I was most worried about because hear stupid stories and I thought, yeah. oh, I'm never going to wake up, all that kind of rubbish. Yeah. Um, so your fears were about about the surgery yeah. itself type thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, went in, then all I remember really was they gave me an injection countdown and then I was gone it's a strange feeling, isn't yeah, it? very strange strange feeling. you've had a few days it's a it's a interesting feeling yeah. yeah it's always strange you never quite remember what's going to go on no yeah or a very strange segment just before you go under yes yeah, yeah. yeah. for anyone that, anyone that hasn't had general anaesthetic they uh you're lying there with a cannula or a, a, they inject they start injecting you with the uh, general anaesthetic and they make you count down usually from the count of 10 and you think oh I feel fine I'm not going to go to sleep and then yeah. instantly later it's, you wake up yeah. and you've had the surgery <laughs> and it's the strangest feeling to uh, usually to incredibly groggy as well saying no yeah. no don't wake me up yet I'm about to have surgery yeah. so, no you've had it it's you've okay. had it you're fine yeah. yes yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, I, re- I remember I woke up having the weirdest I don't know if you'd call it a dream but 
I felt uh, like three of my friends were in the room and it wasn't it. They were nurses and it was a very strange situation. But yeah, um, as soon as I came around, you know, obviously on quite a lot of drugs. Yeah. And that that following night in the hospital, I, I've said to my wife a couple of times, probably the best night's sleep I've had in yeah, ages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fairly high on drugs and people coming in, checking on you. Uh, yeah, yes, it was very com- comfortable. But. So that kind of leads us on to the next thing, which was when you woke up, were you immediately out of pain? Were you in any discomfort or do you just think this is fantastic? <clears throat> no, so obviously from the surgery, you're fairly sore. Um, you can't tell instantly if the um, if it's worked, if you like. Um, the only thing you could notice fairly instantly, which was a bit of a strange thing, is the nerve pain through okay. my leg had gone. Um, but then I was told you might get sort of referred pain yeah. here and there for the next few weeks, which I did. So then as soon as that happened, I was thinking, yeah. oh God, it hasn't worked, but sort of stuck with it. And actually, um, you know, touch wood, it, it did work. Um, and so I haven't we, had any of that yeah. referred pain. We spoke on the previous <laughs> podcast about the reason you get um, the, the, the kind of the post-optive, that nerve pain, even though the pressure from the disc has been taken off. And it's because learns, nerves almost kind of like learn to hurt. And it becomes really, really sensitive. So once it's irritated, it stays really peed off for a long time, even yeah. after that kind of pressure's come off it. And that in some people can be hours, days, months, weeks, years. But even once you've taken off that pressure, that nerve <laughs> has to kind of learn to be normal again and not be so sensitive and so pissed off, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a- so even though that you were sort of warned, look, this might happen, this, this could be uh, reoccurring pain as it's healing, were you still second guessing that, thinking you know it's not working? Yeah, it's not absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah, I mean, you feel the pain. You feel um, that you, you just bring back those memories of what it was like, and mm. then you think, oh no, yeah. you know, I'm actually, they say it was going to do it, but am I just that you know small percent of people that actually it hasn't worked and, yeah. um, and whatever? So that was a challenge, and um, luckily, touch wood, it's uh, it's it's gone okay. Yeah. So they diagnosed you initially with the second MRI. You had the first one 10 years ago. Correct, And then yeah. the second one 18 months ago or so after yeah. that. Did they, did they ever show you the picture of the MRI of what it looked like? Uh, yes, they did, yeah. And you could, I could, well, once I understood what I was looking at, see where it was. Uh, Which way up it was. Yeah, exactly where it was bulging and what, what the disc had done and all that. So that was kind of, uh, it was almost nice to see because it yeah. kind of, I could put something to the pain. Um you know make it a bit more real yeah that's really interesting just being yeah. sort of in my head and actually you know you say to someone oh my back's killing me and yeah. they don't necessarily know how you're feeling but it kind of goes two ways because uh, as my next question was whether that helped you or not because yeah. some people will say they saw this and i freaked out a lot and they didn't like <clears> seeing <throat> the issue it made them feel vulnerable and scared so for someone to say actually that it wasn't in my head someone was kind of reassuring it was almost like a reassuring sign that yeah there is something wrong. I'm not. I'm not going to be told that it's all in my head and I'm making it up. No. So it's an interesting thing. No, that's to see. definitely right. Yeah. And everything else was. That was the only thing that they they noted on the scan. There was nothing. Uh, yep. That was that was it. I all think. generally healthy. Generally healthy back. Otherwise, yeah. Fantastic. And then after the kind of leading on from the surgery, going through that timeline, you kind of woke up. You were feeling better. How long before they got you up and? Yeah. So that's around? something I was really surprised with. Um, but I but I suppose Pretty it kind quick. of makes sense. Yeah. Within. Uh, within a few hours, I was up really? and and walking just to the toilet or whatever. Um, legs a bit numb. Legs if, a bit yeah. numb, and you know had had someone to help me. And then I did my first night's sleep. And then the next morning, they made me sort of walk to a full loop of the mm. the uh, the floor in the hospital that I was on. 
Um, to make you take a make try and make a cup of tea like they do sometimes no make sure no, you're okay no. when you go home <laughs> no but uh um yeah had a good walk around and then was pretty much sent on my way Fantastic. pretty quickly so and how long could you drive home or did you no so i had six weeks without driving six weeks of no driving at no. all and was that without sitting at all or was it just generally yeah no, driving? no just just um just driving obviously they said that sitting is probably a position to be avoided as best possible yeah. but you know in life you have to sit sometimes yeah. and you have to get places um but they gave me certain positions best sort of best positions to sleep in all that yeah. kind of stuff and what was that do you remember uh yeah so it was on my back uh, uh sort of shoulders head slightly elevated with a pillow under my knees as well so i'm sort of like a z position yeah z like position of, yeah knees um, up like the hospital bed where the back exactly yeah, the yeah. Okay. so that that felt most comfortable as well um, unfortunately I wriggle loads in my sleep so it's quite hard to to stay nice and still but, um, but yeah a position we recommend to a lot of people with sciatica is a really good tip is if you can't get comfortable at night is to have a lie either directly on your back with two or three pillows underneath your knees mm. so lifting your kind of you know knees pointing towards the ceiling and it just tr- tractions out your lower back a little bit takes a bit of pressure off an area that might be a bit sore or if you can't sleep on your back at all, say you're a really bad snorer and you wake the whole house up or something, is sleep on your side and you can almost hug a pillow and yeah. put one pillow between your knees. I was, was going to say that was the actually probably my most preferable position. Yeah, really? yeah. It's sort of, yeah, hugging a, one of those pregnancy pillows yeah. was uh, the, the best thing. So. Fantastic. So everyone will be rushed to go and buy some pregnancy yeah. pillows now from, a, <laughs> from, from all things. And then, so, sorry, I was say, during that six weeks, uh, what was the timeline before you sort of felt comfortable to sit on a sofa before you were able to, to yeah. uh, walk down to the shops? Was it fairly quick? So it was interesting, actually. Um, they told me that I should be looking to be able to walk a mile after six weeks. Oh. And in my head, I thought, well, I'm easily going to be able to do that. It's only a mile in your head. It's yeah. only a mile. And I, actually, uh, I did it. I don't know whether it's a good thing, but I walked from my house to the gym um, not I remember to, that not, not to train obviously but to just <laughs> yeah, go yeah. see people and, and do some of my rehab stretches uh, on the third day wow and that was a mile and a half and I totally so remember that now. I don't I'm I'm like, I probably in. pushed it a little bit too much um, but I felt comfortable you know hobbling around pretty slowly um, but yeah I only think six weeks before that you could probably run 10k yeah without, exactly you know walking a mile <laughs> I think it's probably you know where they said oh you should walk six uh, sorry, a mile after six weeks, probably relative to who you are as a person. Yeah. I'm yeah, quite fit anyway. I had a, a person, yeah. You know, I was pretty strong anyway. So I was able to take that into it, um, yeah. which obviously helped. I'm sure they were very thankful for the advertisement of the gym as you hobbled in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then you had you were given physio exercises straight away. So as soon as yeah. you, from day one, you had to do yeah, two or three from day, day one, I had, I think it was started very uh, sort of, you know, mild amount of stretches. I had yeah. sort of three or four that I had to do three times a day that could be done from the sofa sort of thing, just led on the sofa. Yeah. Um, and then progressively over the weeks, it sort of developed That's and I was doing way. more and more. And then when did it take over from when you went, okay, I'm kind of done with physio and I'm kind of, I know enough about my own body strength yeah. training. It's not like you're new to training no. or new to the gym <clears throat> before you took over and said, well, actually, I think I can kind of so I think handle the, this I now. think the... Uh, the the sort of course of physio that I had with the uh, with the surgery um, was about four or five weeks. Um, so obviously I went to that every week because it was it was free. Um, they gave me the stretches and I sort of outperformed their sort of yeah. um, program, if you like, p- 
pretty quickly. And so I was asking the physio if I could do more and whatever. Um, and so from that point, as soon as I'd finished there, uh, started doing my own thing really um, and working working from it. What, and then what was your, the first thing where you kind of thought, actually, I need to work on X, Y, Z to X, Y, Z to kind of bring my own, your own strength or your own rehab program back In terms it. of my actual body. Yeah, in terms so what, of what did you think? So, okay, I want to work uh, on this uh, next. Yeah, I really focused on trying to work on my core. Um, although I trained a lot, it probably was a bit of a weakness. Um, so that's that's an area I just took the stretches I've been given followed a program an online program um that had a lot of core strengthening in a lot of slow tempo movements so i wasn't doing anything sort of aggressively or quickly keeping a lot under a lot of control and just developing developing my strength that way for for a good probably three or four months i did that and we were you still scared of it at that point so were you still thinking i'm gonna relapse so what was your kind of yeah self-talk about that that was the biggest fear is sort of um any sort of weightlifting, um, yeah. I was very cautious about going back. So you mean to deadlifting, cleaning, yeah, jerks, exactly, those type of things, yeah, yeah, um, bending forwards, and yeah, yeah, and anything like that. Um, even some gymnastics, because obviously, for anyone that knows, you're using a lot of flexion um, with gymnastics, and yeah. right through the bending core, forwards, yeah, yeah, bending forwards, exactly, um, and also overextending. So that was quite scary, but I tried to keep slow with it not rush yeah. it back um you know i'd had taken the taken the surgery which is a big thing in itself there wasn't any point in rushing it so no, exactly. i yeah. managed to come to terms you with have that to have a second and yeah exactly. it. and i think you know the benefit where which you benefited a lot from is that you came from such a good base of strength before mm. whereas so many people you know generally most of our westernized population are aren't very strong they don't move as much as we should do whereas when you were going to the gym seven, eight, nine times a week, give or take, you know, twi- twice a day sometimes you'll probably train. You came from such a good place, whereas getting the muscle, the brain just to reactivate those muscles again was a lot quicker. Whereas if yeah. you have to start from scratch and you haven't done anything for 10 years and then we're trying to get you to, you know, learn how to activate your core or yeah. engage your glutes, it's a very different, a very different kettle of fish. It yeah. takes a lot longer. And also understanding my body. I think I yeah. probably more than your average Joe had a better understanding of that. So knew what move. I could do and knew how to move exactly, um, which definitely helped. And you knew what normal gym pain was, whereas compared to yeah. post-exercise soreness or compared to, you know, post-operative soreness, exactly. which is two, yeah. two kind of very different, different feelings. And mm. often we'll say to patients, you know, if, if their gym goes or regular exercises, it's very easy to say, do what feels normal. You know what your limits are. Whereas if you have someone that's never done any form of exercise before, it's very hard to be like, oh, don't overdo your limits because what might you, what you might feel in a normal day-to-day gym, they might think, actually, that's too much. And, yeah. it's, Siri. and it's very hard to uh, work out. Oh, sorry, Siri's talking. That's just Siri piping up there. Don't mind that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that that definition between the uh, gym-based or exercise-based pain, you said about that day three, day five, when you walked into the gym. Yeah. uh, Being able to tell the difference between this is another injury and I'm able to push. I'm sure if it came to it and you felt that sort of re-injury, you probably would have popped a squat right there and and got uh, got someone to come and get you. You know, it's being able to establish the difference between those pains, which is, well, pains, aches. Uh, and sensations which is uh, obviously hugely important yeah yeah definitely definitely agree yeah so 18 months on are you back to doing everything you were before yeah pretty much um mm, i do if i'm lazy and have a few days where i don't stretch which 
I probably have the last week or so. Yeah. Um, I do start to feel my back a little bit. Um, it's nothing like it was. I don't get any of the referred ner- nerve pain, which um, is was probably the worst thing, having that yeah. horrible ache run down the leg. Toothache. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the pain in my back does come and go, um, but it's I kind of take it now. It is a weak, sensitive spot. Um, I'm going to have to manage that probably forever. Um, and that, that's what I have to do really. So yeah, the, I'm at 18 months on, I'm a lot, lot better than I was. So what do you, what do you avoid? Is there anything you avoid doing now? Because you think, I mean, there's certain things, you know, heavy deadlifts. Yeah. That's, I don't really need to do deadlifts particularly yeah. heavy. It's not going to, not going to get me anything. I'm not competing. Heavy for you is 200 plus kilos. It, yeah, whereas, it was, yeah, it was, so, it yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, well, so you're, you're, you know, it's all, it's all, relative isn't it because you yeah, might go up to course. 140 kilos now or yeah. above whereas that might be someone's well above their one of course max, of so course yeah re- relative to where i was yeah. certain movements now i that you know they're not winning me anything they're not yeah i don't achieve anything from going particularly yeah. heavy i just uh sort of stay a bit more sensible yeah. now because you have that base of strength you can drop down a level whereas you know, you say you're weak, but you could live far more than someone's one rep max. I yeah. think in terms of that, so it's not necessarily a weakness. It's no. often it's a, it's like a blockage sometimes. Exactly. Where it's kind of overcoming that and getting back into deadlifts quite quickly. I'm sure you found that. Yeah, actually, so just the actual movement. Up. Yeah, build it up was was okay. It's just yeah, just knowing when to not push it yeah. too much. So, would you say 100 percent surgery success? Or I, I would say that I had. Uh, I wouldn't put it as 100 percent. Otherwise, I'd have no pain at all. Yeah. I'd say that I probably had 85% better than I was. Definitely. And that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty good, I'd say, um, for anyone that's had bad back pain. If someone said to me, I can make you 85% better. In, in six weeks. You'd probably take. take it, yeah. Yeah, and and it doesn't day-to-day at the moment affect no. you at all. And, and it, no, not not really. And I'm, I'm fortunate now that I'm not commuting as much, which obviously yeah. helps. Um, but I'd also say if I was 100% on it with my prehab, yeah. if you like, um, doing stretches warming every single day, warming yeah. up, being doing everything 100% perfect, then I would probably be, feel even better. Yeah. So it, it's, it, I don't regret having the surgery at all. Do you have any any treatment ongoing now? Do you? I get I get sports massage uh, once a month, yeah. um, and then intermittently, as and when I feel I need it, see yourself. Yeah. So some chiropractic work. Um, and I just just find the sports massage really helps loosen off some of those tight muscles yeah. and helps aid the uh, the prehab really, especially when you're training a lot. As yeah, well. yeah, it's pretty useful. Mm. Dave, anything? Any other questions you would like to? Ask no, Jack I've about been surgery? quiet about this one. I've yeah. uh, <laughs> I've just been listening in. Um, it sounds. I mean, for any of those uh, those of you who are watching on our Facebook, uh, having Jack in the studio here is probably one of the best reasons to come and watch our Facebook videos. He does not look like a surgery patient. Uh, he's standing in front of a strapping young man. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, you're so you're up to that eighty five percent now. Do you think you'll ever get hundred uh, percent? Do you think I, that that's I'd like, Yeah, I'd like to think that if I can um, just get my head in the game a bit more um, and really push those sort of rehab exercise prehab exercise if you like because I'm not sort of in a position where I need to rehab so much now just sort of prevent anything happening in the future yeah I think it can get better I know that I'm a little bit lazy which is uh, is, is my own fault so yeah I think if, if someone was to really be strict on themselves they could, yeah definitely get themselves fantastic yeah, Wait, 18, 18 months is that right 18 months uh, after yeah so I had it in June of last year oh, amazing so that's only a year and a half on yeah uh, so yeah anyways up from here in Fantastic. the grand scheme of things, that's a uh, not very long. 
really at all you know in, uh, in terms of sciatica that's no. in recovery that's exactly not long at all yeah. and actually uh, Jack touched on one of the points that we talked about a few podcasts ago if it's not winning you medals if it's not making you money if you're not up for that five million pound Adidas sponsorship or that gold medal why are you heavy deadlifting snatch why are you doing things which could endanger you when there are plenty other variants of exercises and exercises that will give you great strength great mobility and great life uh, I don't know, legs, um, but uh, aren't going to cause that potential danger. So no. a great a great skew on not stopping deadlift because that's no. an important human exactly. function, but saying, hey, I'm not going to go to that 100% because why do I need to? No, that's a, a good point to add is I often hear people say, oh, you know, I've been to my GP and he said, I'm never allowed to squat again or I'm never allowed to deadlift again. That's, I would say, you know, I'm not a medical expert at all, but I would say that's not the case. Yeah. But mm. how are you going to pick up the suitcase next time? Exactly. Or, like, you you need sofa, to be able to yeah. get off the toilet, get off yeah. the sofa, whatever. So but true. it's being sensible about it. Like you said, no no stupidly heavy things are not needed. Yeah, exactly. And, Absolutely. You know, as good as snatching is, isn't it? A snatching and clean and jerking, for those who know, those are the Olympic weightlifting movements. They're some of the best exercises you can do on the planet. However, unless you're going to the Olympics, do you need to be snatching 100% of your one rep max every single day? No pretty unlikely usually no. but doesn't that mean you can drop down to 60 and carry on snatching very much yes so it's, uh, as long it's, as, it's all relative as long as you know how to do it properly exactly yeah. as long as you do it That's properly it, yes. and you're doing yeah. under right coaching then you're not going to cause yourself in, in, any mischief really mm. so I think the biggest takeaways from today so the things that benefited Jack a lot was coming from a, a, a good base of strength would you say in terms of you know you knew how your body worked you knew how your body moved you knew what felt good what felt bad you had a really good kind of body awareness yeah I think that made a big difference yeah to, definitely post-surgery you knew how to move you knew how to bend properly so that was already so ingrained that it wasn't teaching you a brand new skill it was just kind of regraining some skills which were or had already been grooved you were just kind of redefining them slightly again yeah. and then adding in a bit of strength but you've been training for 10 years before that you don't lose strength overnight you know no. in six weeks you're not going to go back to square one so you do retain a lot so for anyone that is out there that is considering surgery or booked to have surgery we can't say this enough. The better you go into surgery, the better you come out of surgery. So Absolutely. just because you're booked in six weeks' time doesn't mean you lie on the sofa now for eight no. weeks. You have to continue doing your strength, continue doing your physio, your rehab, or seeing your chiro, whatever it might be, to go into that position or go into that surgery as strong as you possibly Absolutely, can. Absolutely, yeah. And the outcomes will be humongously better if, if, if you can do that. Definitely, yeah, right. I agree. So, anything else from you, Dave? I, th- I think, uh, yeah, your point about uh, varying exercise, varying output, don't have to stop doing things. Just just change up how you're doing it. Fantastic. Keep uh, keep doing what you should be doing. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Love it. Anything else from you, Jack? No, no thanks for having me. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks um, for coming on. No good. And a few little bits to, bits to touch on. Remember, we have a free download for anyone that is listening. And that is at thebackpainpodcast.com where we have a free PDF. All you have to do is pop your name and email address in. And instantly, minutes, you will be sent a downloadable sciatica guide with the top tips to help you manage your sciatica at home. Fantastic. On the guys. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.